what's the consequence? What's the consequence to your career if in turnover keeps increasing? Because your benefits suck. Welcome to the show. Heads Up Advisor here on a Thursday, getting ready for Thursday night football. Topic of the discussion today? Past, present, future. Which one do you sell? Really simple concept. When you go in there and you're talking to even your own customer on a renewal or more importantly, a prospect, and you just go in there and want to do a kind of historian review of what do you have? What do you use? Because your intention is, for a lot of you, to show up and throw up and to start talking about product, right? I had a client, the fifth largest sports brand in the world, and they joke with us that their consulting house, Big Box, begins with an M, says that no matter, he goes, whatever I say, it doesn't matter. The solution is a high deductible health plan with an HSA. Remember, everybody, because you guys always, you reach out to us and you're like, well, how much do I charge and what do I do? And there are no rules, right? So we literally just took this one on the fly because they didn't appear to be serious. And in fact, they weren't. No. And so even though we priced a consulting fee at a ridiculously low number, how did he end the call? Well, we're going to renew Well, we, we, we've already decided to make a plan change and we've got an hour on network and blah, 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 blah. Uh, You should have opened the call with that. You know, I'm, and again, it's like frustration is like, why did you reach out to me in the second call? Why did you even take it the second call? Why are you agreeing to a second call? Because he just wanted to see a proposal. I think he thought that he was going to get a proposal yeah, from yeah. me with a roadmap on what to do because that's traditionally what brokers do because that's what we do. That's what I did. That's what no, I see I, in all my consulting groups is they show me the incumbent brokers. It's great. I only want to get paid to audition. And that's how you should be. I only and, get and paid all he got was a two-page, three-page letter of, letter of engagement. Anybody yeah. who went to high stakes advising has a copy of which you should use. And all it said was is our objectives, the information I need, and the fee. When you're done shifting costs to the employees, reducing your benefits, and limiting access to care through some new high performance network with yada yada carrier. When you're done with that bullshit in the box solution that doesn't do anything to control your claims or lower the frequency and severity of them, let's engage and we'll tell you how to do it right. You can implement and execute with anybody you want if they know how. We don't care. But the only way you're going to get the truth is to pay a consultant to give you objective advice. You'd be much better served focusing on the future of where they're going to be if they don't make serious changes now. So, simple conversation. Are you interested in a transaction, an incremental change to your strategy of trying to control the medical and pharmacy spend in your healthcare business? Or are you interested in a transformational change? What's the consequence if you lose another, like this morning, $863,000 on your renewal, and then you have to basically shit on your employees? I got a taste of... Where, you know, HR talks about employee, you know, they don't care about employees and this and that. And I, I kind of got a taste from this guy from a finance perspective, which showed he didn't give a shit about the employees of the fact that he kept deferring to 
it was only 3% of the company. And y'all have been in those meetings. And it's like, yes, but it doesn't help you identify in advance how much you're going to pay for the hospitalization. How much are you going to pay for the surgery, the prescriptions? You don't know the price you're going to pay for anything. So you're going to be Groundhog Day renewal process every year. Next year, you're going to go, Jesus, we got to consider switching to another insurance carrier, fully insured. And he even told us, what did he say? Like, we're 80-some percent experience rated. I'm like, well, in essence, you already are self-insured. You've just chosen a financing strategy of how to allow your employees access for medical and pharmacy through the healthcare supply chain. You prepay a carrier who we'd already talked about alleges to have <laughs> the deepest discounts. We kind of shined a light on oh, that. Oh, that was, that was yeah. good. To, yeah, give them what you covered on the discount. Cause, and guys, we want to, obviously we're, we're still doing this on a regular basis. So, you know, I think there's just so much value in just talking through the conversations. Because, listen, we're dealing with the same objections yeah. you have. Yeah, I had yeah, a call we'll, after with we'll get some comments. With, with interest after. And she's like, oh, why are you sound a little, you know, pissed off or down? I'm like, yeah, I just got off a call with an idiot employer that can't get out of his own way. You know, it's frustrating. So I know the frustrations yeah. you guys go through. So we want to talk through these calls because I think it's like poker. We can always get better. A lot of different tools. You're really good at the future pace. What's it going to look like next year, two years from now, three years from now? You've done the dance you've been doing for five years, seven years, 10 years, shifting costs, reducing benefits, limiting access to care, or considering changing to another carrier. What's the consequence? What's the consequence to your career if in turnover keeps increasing? Because... Your benefits suck. You have all the minimum must-have benefits. You have the stuff that everybody else does in your vertical. And so your only methodology to compete is to pay a higher wage, which is the most expensive thing you can do because of FICA tax and workers' comp. So you have to paint a picture for these people, take them with you on it and say, so it's three years from now and you're looking back. What happens when you're the consultant and you just present the facts? <laughs> Here's where you are. Here's where you said you want to be. That gap needs to be filled. The only question is, how motivated are you to fill it? Fill it now? Fill it next year? Fill it never. And let's assign a COI, a cost of inaction, to you doing bupkis. Once you've established that the gap has a cost and you put a dollar value to it, now they're much more capable of making an informed decision. And when they're paying you a consulting fee, that's all they're expecting from you. Make an informed decision. Don't make that into this, I'm needy because you're going to kill yourself. Never, ever be needy. Hey, listen, if you work hard enough and you talk to enough prospects, you get both. You get the ones that are in pain. You get the guy from today that says he's not in pain, but I knew through the grapevine the company's not doing that well, but acts like he's not in pain, doesn't want to do, he just needs to get 3% of the company and they can absorb that because it's not his money. So you've got to talk to enough prospects, but somebody's going to bite. Somebody's going to jump at the boat. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know the game. We keep telling you. You're in the sales and marketing business. Unfortunately, no one ever told you that. They've all lied to you. And they somehow it's just like, well, you have to be smarter and know more product knowledge than anybody else. Total bullshit. All they care about is, can you get me the outcome and the results that I want? I don't care if you know all the answers. Just that you can get me all the right answers. That's the game. So the reason that most of you are so freaking stressed out 
is because you don't have enough prospects. And that's okay, but that's part of the game, is learning how do I get more prospects? How do I differentiate? How do I provide a meaningful value proposition that differentiates me in a way, in a form, that allows me to get more engagements? It is a challenge fighting the big box guys, especially if they're unhappy with their broker. Because now they're bringing the other big box guys and you look like a pipsqueak to them, unfortunately. So yeah, it's all, all they're going to do, they're going to retain the group and they're going to bring in the head of pharmacy, their PharmD. They're going to bring in the medical wellness MD. They're going to bring in. Oh, it sounds great. You know, sounds, the analytics good. person and the case manager and the account manager and the service rep and the consultant team. Right. And you're going to go. Blah, 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 Right. Because you're like, I'm the I know all this stuff. and I'm smarter than they are. And that you're never going to compete that way. So you have to be able to come up with a value proposition that says you, you need to pay me to get objective advice because the outcomes speak volumes. Losing money every year in a smaller percentage than your benchmark group is losing money every year. And so you have to understand that the value proposition of big box one, one and two and the value proposition of healthcare insurance company is diametrically opposed to yours. And so if you want to find out about solutions where clients who know what they're doing never have rate increases. Very simple. Having a rate increase is like paying uh, estate taxes. For those of you guys who do maybe some financial services stuff, paying estate taxes is just a planning tool. It's voluntary. You don't have to pay it. Thanks for joining us, guys. Peace out.